You're listening to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Referral Mortgages and Blue Panda Realty, with your hosts, Paul Stevenson, David Warren, and Greg Campbell. Let's see what's going on in the world of real estate in our nation's capital. Good morning. Yes. Yes. Paul Stevenson, what's up? We're a man down. This is the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast. Every week, we get together here to talk about mortgages, real estate, Whatever else we want to talk about, I'm Paul Stevenson. I am one of the owners of Referral Mortgages here in Ottawa, and I'm joined, as always, by my esteemed colleague, Greg Campbell. He is one of the partners over at Blue Panda. We are not joined by David Warren today, unfortunately, uh, but we do have two special guests, so we'll intro shortly. So just a reminder, you can watch or listen to the podcast on YouTube and on the podcast service of your choice, so Spotify, Amazon, Apple Music, wherever you listen. Uh, we post it every Tuesday, 10 a.m. And if you're interested, you can also listen to the show live as you're doing right now, Friday mornings, 10 a.m. usually on Facebook. Uh, and we also just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, North Brew Coffee. Uh, North Brew is a locally owned and operated uh, coffee business. And uh, it's uh, an amazing company. Amazing company. You can get uh, 20% off all your coffee orders. Just use the promo code podcast, northbrew.ca. Greg? How's the week going? Yes. What's yes, going on? Paul. The, week, the week's going great. It, it's uh, lots of lots of changes in in the real estate market, and uh, happy happy changes. I think I did. A, I won a conditional offer. I, I won in multiples the other day at only fifteen thousand over list price with conditions. Wow! And we we did conditions. conditions. Now we just now we just removed the conditions, and the deal is firm. The c word. And, uh, yeah, and I'm I'm going to see two other properties today. With buyers that are and it's the homes are not holding offers so i think uh i think it's safe to say the change i mean we've been talking about it for weeks but in the last five days it's changed quite drastically and i think it's going to change even more in the next week that's uh, great a lot of buyers are taking taking some time off i think a um, little bit of fatigue summer's in effect uh we're getting back to like a, a regular what would be considered a regular summer market as of two, you know pre two years ago yeah, it certainly feels that way too. Right. I feel like uh, the buyers I've been working with that, that were pre-approved and kind of sitting on the sidelines, like you said, they had a bit of that kind of buyer fatigue. They've definitely jumped back into the fray now and are excited to to be out shopping. And I know you've been talking about this for a month or so, but there's definitely been uh, a large amount of listings that have now come onto the market. Yeah, uh, which just you know helps to balance everything out. Um, CMHC also uh, this week announced that they're reverting back to their old guidelines. Remember, they made a change last year and uh, kind of tightened things up and thought that they would uh, affect the market. But unfortunately, they only affected their own uh, market share. So they've uh, reverted back to their old policies uh, <laughs> as far as guidelines go. So uh, minimum beacon score, uh, debt ratios, things like that are all back in line with the other insurers in Canada. So that's that's good. It'll give uh, give people, uh, it'll make it a little easier for them to, to qualify. Uh, you know, the last year we've seen a lot of you know, bit of a roller coaster for people with regards to employment and just life in general. So it's good to see everything kind of stabilizing and getting a bit back to normal. Yeah, I agree. And uh, it's funny because I just a uh, couple buyers reached out to me that I haven't spoken to in about I don't know two weeks, two or two to four weeks. You know, we've just we kept in touch a bit, and then uh, I uh, I messaged them today. I'm like, listen, guys, I'm like, just have a look at your your feed and and see what's going on and they're like check the feed like, oh my god they're, they're not holding any offers this is great so now we're going so now we're going shopping i hope it's only me going shopping with my buyers i don't want to be in any competition so. <laughs> if you're a realtor don't let your buyers know what's up <laughs> they're all mine <laughs> so 
cottages, you know, we we're talking about uh, it being summer, it being kind of, uh, you know, camping cottage season. So we figured we should uh, really tailor a show towards cottages, how to, uh, how to buy a cottage, how to finance it, where to find them, what the deal is. Uh, we had a lot of questions actually on our last episode, we were talking about the, the market stabilizing about uh, cottages and just what the, what the outlook looks like. So we thought we'd bring in a couple experts, a couple cottage experts, and maybe uh, Greg, you can uh, make these great gentlemen an yeah. intro. I'll, uh, I'll intro these guys. Cause I know these guys, they're pretty, uh, they're pretty good guys. They're, um, they're part owners at um, Remax boardwalk along with a couple other beauties, Mark Papineau and uh, Jason Spartalis. And uh, yeah, I, let's, let's introduce Pete Pastito and Trevor Clark. Let's go. Thanks for having oh, us. Here, guys. Thanks boys. Yeah. I love when I get called an expert. This is so <laughs> great. <laughs> Oh, it's it means you know what you're about, doing. I know you're talking about the market and like, we're seeing the change over here too. But then we look at, you know, the cottage side of things. It's like waterfront is still just on the steady incline. It's, uh, it's weird to see, but yeah, Pete and I have been doing uh, the waterfront thing. We've been making that our niche for the last 10 years. Um, Pete's got a, a deep uh, history out on the lake. Yeah. I've been over at, at big Rito to the Rito lakes area. Um, I grew up there. My family's fourth generation. Um, so I sort of just fell into the whole cottage market niche was working in the city for a while and thought, you know, well, I saw that that sector when I started was really under service. So I thought, you know, let me bring some of the stuff we're doing city agents to the water. And it just sort of started to take off that way. Um, I had a whole bunch of connections up there and sort of fell into it, which was ended up being a very happy surprise. Now, do you guys think just kind of off the top of my head here, do you think that I uh, kind of already know the answer, but I'll throw it at you anyways. Uh, do you think that the pandemic and, and people having to work from home and, and, you know, being able to work remotely, has that prompted more people to kind of push themselves outside the city to those kind of rural properties and, and think of that cottage as potentially a forever home, as opposed to just uh, a vacation rental? Yeah. I think a lot of people that were, had that idea in their mind for a while anyways, it just sort of moved their timeline up. We've seen that a lot where people are like, you know what, like, who knows what's going to happen? Let's sell our city home. Prices are sky high anyways. Um, and we'll move our plan up since we're going to be, we can do our last couple years of uh, work remotely from the cottage. And then we've got our retirement home set. I think that's been a big push as well. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know, uh, you know, beginning of last year, we saw prices in, you know, Carlton place and kind of the outskirts, you know, Russell Limoges, like all those kind of uh, just outside the city, we saw those prices starting to, to really climb, uh, Dunrobin, like all these kind of little, I shouldn't say little, but growing communities. Uh, and I know that places like even Perth and, um, uh, you know, Crosby and all these kind of little, like, uh, like smaller, what were smaller towns are, are really starting to grow. And, and I think a lot of that is because of the the vacation kind of cottage rental or car, sorry, cottage. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the recreational market. Thank you. Market. That's the word market. <laughs> Great. Um, so we had one of the questions we had last week and I'll, I'll put this uh, towards you guys. It was from uh, the mango man on, uh, on YouTube. Great name. Um, it says good work guys. I'd love to hear your thoughts on individual neighborhoods across Ottawa. Are there any areas cooling faster than others? I'd write about cottage prices rising rapidly earlier this year as well. Any predictions on which direction those might trend the rest of 2021? So where do you guys see the cottage market? I know you're saying it's still kind of a steady incline, but where do you see that kind of finishing for the remainder of the year? 
Mango Man, great question. So the the cottage market in some areas, like even Constance Bay, right? You're talking about these little areas. There were places that didn't sell last year, listed like around that 600,000 mark on the market, didn't really sell, get relisted and selling for over 1.1 million. So we've seen like close to a 50% increase in some of those markets. And a lot of that's to touch on Pete's point, like people who we've been working with who maybe want to buy that dream waterfront retirement home in five to 10 years, are all of a sudden pulling the trigger on it right away. And like, well, I can work from home now. Why am I doing it with the view out my little tiny backyard when I can do it looking at the water? And we're, get, so we're getting people coming from Toronto as well. Toronto, people time. looking at the Quarthas. Everybody that's got their search criteria set up for waterfront, they're not just looking in one area anymore. Like They're like, well, we'll go to the county or we'll go to Quarthas or go to Rita Lakes or whatever it might be. So we're getting people coming from all over the place. Um, and, you know, just basically, I've had people drive down from the uh, west end of Toronto that morning to come and see a property that just got listed. Because of that, there's just no inventory out there for anybody right now, still. Yeah. So I think the drive what, is going to be there. And what parts are you guys covering in particular? Obviously, you have a pretty good referral network, I imagine, that you're yeah. working with as well. We, we sort of do, um, Charlotte Lake is about as far west, northwest as we go. Um, Rita Lakes is where I feel the most comfortable. And when, like, selling waterfront is, like, you've got to really know the shorelines and the waterfront where you're selling. Especially mm -hmm. if it's, like, in the winter or the fall or the spring, knowing what the water levels are going to do and what that waterfront's going to look like mid-July if you're trying to sell huge. something in May or in September is huge in trying to advise people on the proper way to go. Because there might be a gem out there that's, you know, right now the water looks really low, but, you know, you don't know that the water's already dropped four feet and in the middle of July, it's going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. That kind of stuff is uh, really paramount. So when we get out, when I get outside of my comfort zone, I'll just refer it out to agents that are special that specialize in those areas. Wow, that's great. Yeah. And have you and have you guys? I mean, that number that you said, like fifty percent. Yeah, like increase. So something that was five hundred thousand is a million dollars now. Yeah, I've uh, one one client of mine. <laughs> at the beginning of the year, they bought they bought their place for uh, just over six fifty two years ago, and they decided they wanted to move on, and we ended up getting them over one point two million. 80 showing. <laughs> 80 showings. Wow. 80 showings yeah. at a cottage. Wow. Was that in Constance Bay or where was that located? Uh, Big, Rito, yeah. Big Rito, yeah. Okay. Big, wow. And people can see like it, it's public information. They see what they bought it for. And some of the agents are like, oh, they've done a lot of improvements. And we're like, no, not really. We're like, all right, well, <laughs> here's our offer still. <laughs> And when people are selling those properties, is it typically kind of like a, an all in as is like, is it, are they getting the boat, the, the kind of like everything kind of included, or is it still similar to in the city where you're, you, you know, you get the bones and that's it. It's, it's a little, uh, it's, it's more common to get most of the furnishings included mm -hmm. because it is typically somebody's secondary home. There's always, we say it's, it's always easier to give us your exclusion list than your inclusion list. So, you know, let us know what you want to bring with you when you leave. And then basically they believe everything right. else. So it's, yeah. you know, family art, artwork or, you yeah. know, like we've seen chests some really weird stuff that people want to take with them. But the bed, tickle trunk. The tickle That's trunk it. always. always <laughs> that one. <laughs> Gotta leave the tickle trunk. That's uh, it's in my conditions for sure. <laughs> um, one of the other questions we had from, uh, from Teresa, she says, thank you for the valuable insight in the auto real estate. I look forward to every episode. Your analysis on waterfront cottages west of Ottawa in general would be much appreciated. Also, Best time to purchase a cottage for better price. Is it fall, winter? 
and what risks of not being able to inspect uh, the well septic, see the specific waterfront, et cetera. So I guess just generally speaking, like when's kind of the best time from your experience to be looking for a cottage property and, and what kind of risks are associated with the off season? Those are really important things to look at for cottages, especially if you've got an older cottage that you know might have a really old septic. Um, getting those conditions looked at, like the well, the septic, ahead of time is really important. Often, you know, you might not have the ability to do that, but um, having an agent that knows that specific lake is really important. And you know, asking them, making sure that they've sold something on that lake before, is going to be key to knowing whether that waterfront's going to be good. And I mean, septics can be replaced, wells can be replaced, but you can never change your waterfront. That's what mm -hmm. I tell people all the time. So I'm comfortable looking at big on Big Rigo in the middle of winter because I know all the shorelines. So I can pretty confidently say to somebody, hey, you know, you're not going to like this when this thaws, or you're going to absolutely love this if this is the type of waterfront you're looking for. Um, I mean, I've got to be honest, I'm going to see them on the lake all summer. So I better be right. <laughs> they're they're going to be there. So, um, and yeah, to, to jump in the yeah. Pete, you know, just driving by in their boat, <laughs> hammer the boat and see you later. Yeah. <laughs> like there might be less competition from a buyer's standpoint in the winter. But again, if you're getting a screaming deal on something, you have no idea what that waterfront looks like. And we've talked to a lot of people. We go to list their place like, yeah, when we bought it, you know, six, seven years ago, it was beautiful waterfront. It was like super early spring, no weeds. And all of a sudden they have a massive weed bed that they own instead of the beautiful waterfront. They thought they hmm. were going to. The old exposed septic, eh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've seen yeah. a couple of those happen already this year on some lakes that I know where, you know, they get sold in the spring for a very high price. Um, and, you know, I just like, they're not going to like that in August. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Greg, we talked about that a few weeks ago, just even in the city. Remember, there was an article that you brought up about uh, the woman that bought the home had no, it might have been David, but uh, she bought a home in the winter, couldn't see the yard. And then when the snow melted, there was basically a, a land waste in her backyard. Yeah, they yeah. had, there was waste four feet deep into the earth, oh, been dumping stuff back there for years. Like, no. I mean, that's a, I, I don't know how often that would happen, but <laughs> no. you know, that's, that's, that's heavy buyer beware, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, that's super relevant with waterfront like it can change yeah. dramatically even like pete said with water level like constance bay um you know they had the historic floods in 2017 and then again in 2019 even higher right and knowing you know where the flood zones are where the high places are where the water table sits and then when you see it in the spring versus where your water level is like you think you have a ton of beach and then all of a sudden it's you know it changes dramatically so get them out. out yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so it, so it, is the price like I'm just, you know, just a pretty general question here because it would it makes sense to me. Um, you know, the cottage itself, uh, unless it's spectacular, I imagine the true value is the quality of the waterfront. Yeah, and there's a the couple itself. things that for sure that and how far back the cottage is from the water as well. How much like it's more important how much frontage you have, not really how much depth you have. Right. If you only have 50 feet of frontage and you go back a thousand feet, well, nobody's going to care about that. But if you have 400 feet of frontage and you only go back 200 feet, that's going to be a much more desirable lot. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. It's definitely the one thing you can't change. And on top of that, if you're looking at like a three season cottage, maybe something you're going to live in for a year or two before you have your big plans of renovating into that dream retirement home, 
you know, look at the size of your current foundation. Maybe that has a factor too, right? There's a mm-hmm. lot of that are grandfathered. There's some boathouses. You'll never build a new boathouse these days because of the regulation. But if you have one grandfathered and you can spruce it up a little, mm-hmm. and there you go, it's grandfathered in. Yeah, and the construction of the cottage as well. If you want to turn it into a year-round home, um, a lot of the cottages built in the 50s and 60s were built with mm-hmm. two-by-four construction. So you can't really get that adequate insulation in there. Mm. Some of them were built by, it's everything is very particular to each cottage. So you have to, you know, as long as you have somebody out there that knows what they're looking at and the systems that are there, then, you know, that's the best way to protect yourself. So I want to, uh, I want to get into the, or Greg, did you have a question? You'll click your, uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I want to get into the financing side of things quickly, because I think, uh, you know, we were talking about it before we got on air, but I think there's a very common misconception from people that if they are buying a cottage, the requirement to kind of the, the buried entry is that, you know, the, the perceived large down payment that you need to get into that. Uh, and there are many opportunities where you can actually buy a, you know, what would be deemed a second home. Uh, and you can actually buy that for as little as 5% down. So, uh, Steven, I know I sent you kind of a, a document earlier today, just kind of outlining the difference between a second home and a vacation property. And, and I can kind of touch on the differences between the two. So a second home would be something that, you know, depending on the location, you could finance it up to 95% of the value of the home. And these are kind of the guidelines that need to, uh, need to be there. So it has to be basically four seasons. So it has to be accessible by road. So, uh, all road types are permitted. It can be gravel, you know, uh, paved, what have you. Um, the property must be winterized with a permanent heat source. Uh, water source must be a well municipal serviced or sister. Uh, water must be drinkable. Uh, there must be good market appeal in the area with no adverse influences. So you guys were kind of touching on that quickly at a minimum, the property must have a kitchen, three piece bathroom, bedroom, and common area. So you can't have just a a shack in the woods and finance it at uh, 95%. Um, but I think that's more just to, uh, dissuade people from, you know, like a hunting camp or something like that, where it's just kind of a, you know, an actual shed. Um, the property must be zoned and used as residential rural or seasonal. Um, the foundation must be permanent and installed beyond the frost line. So this includes concrete block or preserved wood foundations. And then, um, it can only have one unit. So you can't have like a triplex cottage or anything like that. Uh, the second type would be a vacation property. So again, this is specific to the location and, and the property itself, but these are typically financed up to anywhere from uh, 65 to 80% of the value. So, you know, down payments of 20 to 35%. Um, it says insured only financing is available, sorry, insured only financing is available for purchases of quality vacation properties that may not be accessible year round. So there must be no intent to occupy these properties year round. So this is like a strictly, you know, we go there in the summer, it's kind of our summer getaway. So there can't be, uh, it says no permanent heat source is required. So you can't have a wood stove, fireplace stove, uh, or heat blower foundation may be floating. So it can be sitting on blocks. Seasonal access is acceptable. Water source need not be potable. However, running water is required. It can be lake water intake. Indoor plumbing can be chemical, portable, or a holding tank. And the property may be accessible uh, only by boat. So, Greg, I know we were, I think a couple of weeks ago, we were recording and you had someone that was living on that island. So that would that would qualify. You know, you could do that with, uh, with you know, at, let's just say even 35% down. Um, you know, you can get some really good deals. And I think when people are thinking of this, you know, they they might be thinking, well, you know, let's take some of our equity of our primary home and buy an investment property. Well, you know, you can do the same thing, but buy, as you guys were mentioning, kind of that, that retirement plan slash home now, right. And not have to wait. Yeah. We've actually done three Island properties already this year. 
Uh, okay, that was my question. Yeah, they're they're a little more uh, labor laborious. Yeah, um, <laughs> and there's other factors too, right? With the financing, like if it is boat access only, it needs to have a deemed um, access point to actually get like a land access somewhere. You need to have mm-hmm. where like, I mean, luckily Big Rito, for example, has three marinas. So you can have a lease at a marina to take your boat out. But if you want to build something else on the island, uh, you you really need to check with the municipalities and the township and the conservation authority um, to make sure that you have permission from your deemed access to access your property. If that makes sense. Do you know do you know how many island properties there are on Big Rito? I should know that. It's, I would say, a couple hundred, I would think. Really, eh? Wow. I would think, so. maybe not that many. I should know that. You should have said like 87, and then 20, everyone would have gone, yeah. wow. Yeah, I mean, exactly. even if it's 100, that's still, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, I mean, they might not all be island, but boat access only. Right. So my family has an island on the, on the lake, um, both my mom's side and my dad's side. So we're like longtime islanders. I wouldn't have wow. any. Um, I love it. It might even be considered Vikings being on the water so often, eh? Just like, <laughs> been there for so long, eh? Generations of uh, of Pete's family. Yeah, no, nobody can come unless they own a boat. If they own a boat, then they're allowed. To, they're allowed to come. So it's sort of best of both worlds. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> just a <laughs> moat beside. Yeah, just a huge yeah, moat. Yeah. You have to pass dragon first, but you know. And the islands a couple of years ago were almost a bit of a tough sell for some people. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh well, what do I do in the winter? And you know, there's that gray period where you can't snowmobile out to it and you, you know, you can't boat out to it. So that was a, a bit of an issue where now with the jump in prices, all of a sudden people are like, well, that, you know, 500, 600 grand that I was going to spend on a cottage and kind of held off on now it's not even reasonable. So it's like an island's their option. And we've seen a massive uh, increase in interest in just having boat access property. One, uh, one guy I know in Big Rito, he stayed at his island property all winter long, uh, bought himself a hovercraft. So that's how that's how we got. Yeah, awesome. sounds like magic. I know, right? <laughs> it does sound like magic. <laughs> and do you like what? Uh, do you guys know what the biggest selling area right now is in Ontario for cottages? In Ontario, I mean, I would think the most popular is still north of Toronto in that Muskoka area, Alberta, Kawartha Lakes. Yeah, I mean the the. I don't think there's any inventory anywhere. To be honest, I don't think that you're going to find. I think that. Anything that comes up that's road access right now and anywhere in Ontario is is still flying on the market. Yeah. We're very lucky, especially like between Ottawa and Toronto, there's so many opportunities within an hour, hour and a half to have like a beautiful getaway. You know, most places I feel like uh, you got to drive a fair amount of time. But I mean, Ottawa, you can hop on the highway Friday at four and be at your cottage by five. And uh, it's a great, you know, we're in a great location as far as uh, proximity yeah. to everything else. Do you guys see a large amount of uh, American clients that are coming over the border to buy in Ontario? Is that something that you've seen in the past? We did, yeah. There, um, there were a ton. I mean, obviously not in the last two years, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of our good friends on Big Rito. They're from uh, you know Pennsylvania, Ohio, Upper State New York, um, and they've like they've been coming there for generations as well. Um, so we, which starting to sort of flow back. I'm wondering what those cottages are going to do if they're not allowed over the border in the next mm-hmm. while, but um, yeah, it's, it's pretty popular. We've done a couple that were just sight unseen too, like yeah. a FaceTime tour through the house and they purchased that they can't come see it, but they still want to get that water from property. Then it works that way. Yeah. That's actually why I was asking. We have um, a couple friends that have cottages in thousand islands and they were saying that a couple of their neighbors are from the American side and they've just been, you know, ghost towns because they haven't been able to get across 
unless yeah. they rip across the water, uh, you know, with their Canadian flag on the back of the boat, uh, hoping to deceive a few people. But, um, <laughs> but I think that's supposed to be changing soon. Is it not that they will be able to come across again? I think so. Well, we, yeah, they hope so. Hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just a little point here. Um, I don't know if you guys, we have a cottage up on the Ottawa river where wilderness tours used to be and it's fractional ownership, right? It's more like a, there's 10 owners. It's more like a million dollar chalet kind of thing. And, uh, we were having a hell of a time trying to sell fractional ownership. You get five weeks a year, right? Couldn't sell it. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, late, I guess early this year, people just started, they were all for it. We sold out <laughs> basically, you know, it was like, you couldn't sell fractional ownership for like, well, I don't know. I kind of want my own thing. And yeah. then now it's just like, no, here sold. It's the same with Iris. People are desperate and it's like, well, if that's my option, then that's my option. We'll yeah. take it. We can get it. We also can't get any rentals right now either, right? So, you know, yeah. if you want to get a cottage rental somewhere, you, you better be looking into 2022 or 2023. Yeah. So, you know, it's fractional ownership is not a bad idea to, you know, ensure that you get some weeks at a cottage and don't have to worry about trying to find a spot to rent. Um, because yeah. we're seeing any, any inventory that is left over is getting bought up by people that are just turning them into uh, Airbnbs and short-term yeah, rentals so. for sure. So Greg, for those of those, let's say there's a 10 owners, they basically each have 10% and as the value goes up, they have that same ownership basically. Uh, like, and how do you decide yeah, you just sell your own increase. shares? I mean, the value has just kind of stayed the same since it's, since it launched. Uh, but if those people, I was just thinking like, uh, to Pete's point, like if they wanted to get that kind of temporarily. Uh, just so at least they have something and then in say a year or two from now, if something does come available, they can, they can like, would they just sell yeah, their share can, basically yeah, to someone they, else? They, and... they can sell it to someone else. I don't, I, you know, I wouldn't say that there's necessarily an increase in value there. Um, but you know, who knows, you know, maybe it'll jump up five, maybe it'll stay the same, drop a few, just depends on what the, you know, what the interest is. How do you decide just like, what, just like the market, like if you, you get, get five, a, um, you get a summer week fixed. Excuse me. You get a fixed summer week, and then uh, the rest is kind of like a lottery system. Cool. You just choose your one, two, three, four, five, and then they, you know, they draw. It's like season tickets. You get it. We got we got really lucky this year. We had um, what did we have? We had February, um, April, June. We just had June, and now we got two weeks in August because there's uh, one of the owners is he decided to stay in Florida. He's like, I'm not coming back for the summer. So we got two weeks. Nice. And then I got another one in October and that's great for us. Uh, you know, we were there at Christmas last year, which was amazing, but now we'll, you know, we'll just do something else. Um, yeah, we love it. I mean, and it's right on the river and we got our own private beach and everything. I mean, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Like you can't, and this, and the thing is, it's like, it sleeps nine. It's, you know, it's not a, a standard cottage. It's very nice. And yeah. we just go in and we, you know, we bring our food and then we leave. Right. Amazing. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Pete and Trevor, if people wanted to, you know, if they want to find out some more information about you guys or, you know, how to kind of get into that cottage, uh, cottage world, what's the easiest way for them to connect with you both? Through, uh, I mean, our Instagram is where we promote a lot of the waterfront stuff. So even the things that are off market, which we see a lot of, um, our Instagram page. So through Remax Boardwalk or Clark Mosquito team, um, the Clark Mosquito team has been around for, you know, since the beginning. Um, and now that we've sort of transitioned, we've just made Clark Mosquito into sort of our waterfront division. So that's nice. where we're just exclusively putting okay. cottages and the, the four season luxury stuff. Yeah. I don't think the website's quite up and running yet for the waterfront, but we're working on, on rolling that out. So it'll be like, that'll be, if you want waterfront, it'll be directed that over there. 
Yeah, I'd have to imagine that a lot of the stuff you see is just from connections on the lake, right? People are like, oh, Pete, you know, we're thinking about listing next summer or what have you. And just kind of those uh, off-market listings, which is excellent, right? If you're uh, if you're a buyer. Some people, it's a three to five year plan. Like they've had me come in like every summer for the last five years and you have a beer with them and they're like, well, what do you think this year? I'm like, well, this. Then, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, you know, and this year, everybody's lucked out. So. That's awesome. Yeah. So should we slide into the mood boost, Greg? Let's do it. So gentlemen, at the end of each show, we do uh, basically three to five mood boosts, little jokes, and uh, try to lift everyone's mood going into the weekend. So I got three today. <laughs> Last week was a disaster. So I'm going to try to bring it back up this week. Number one, what did one nut say when chasing the other nut? Oh boy. I'm a cashew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, golly. I'm a cashew. Oh, golly. <laughs> oh, golly. Number two, you can't run through a campsite. You can only ran because it's past tense. Oh. I, didn't, I, didn't get it. I, didn't, I wasn't very we'll good. We'll go to the next one. one. <laughs> Number three. And finally, what did the cow say to the calf? It's past your bedtime. Oh, another one. Like, this it, that's out. that's two with the word past in it past tense true true pasture oh past tense oh yeah. <laughs> not bad not bad. yeah i uh oh man for those ones that well ricky said he missed the whole show but the jokes were fire so i'll take that, I'll take that. <laughs> if anyone saw it last week i basically just fell on my face and uh scraped myself real good so um so just a reminder for everyone uh that tuned in thanks again for, as always for uh, for your fellowship for your listening um we air friday live typically on facebook at 10 a.m right here and then we release the edited kind of uh, mastered show tuesday mornings 10 o'clock on youtube and uh, all your podcast platforms. And again, our uh, shout out to our sponsor, North Brew Coffee. So it's just northbrew.ca. And if you put in the promo code podcast, you can get 20% off every order of coffee. It's delicious. And, uh, you know, if you order today, shoot us a message and we'll uh, we'll send you a complimentary uh, toe rep mug as well. Just slide it right in there. I'll, I'll drop some off to you guys this week. We nice. by the office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen you in awesome, a while, so it'll be good for a visit. Thanks a lot for your time, gentlemen, and your insight. That's uh, I think uh, our listeners will get great value out of that. Absolutely. Thanks for having us, guys. It was awesome. Appreciate great. it. Great. And Greg, have a great weekend. Cool. I'm actually heading up to Charbonne Lake uh, this afternoon, so I'll be uh, right at your right at your outskirts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, looking forward to it. Okay, we'll see everyone next week, right. and uh, yeah, have a great weekend. Thanks, great. guys. Thanks. All right. Deuces. All right. The Ottawa Real Estate Podcast is brought to you by Referral Mortgages, Blue Panda Realty, and Stephen Hopkins Video. Thanks for tuning in. And please remember to like, comment, share, and most importantly, subscribe. We'd love to hear from you.